Rich. After Wild Card Week of Playoff Football. Ricky, how you doing, buddy? I am fantastic. Yeah. Looks I, like uh, uh how how's have it to feel? Do another pod today. Yeah, yeah. How's it how's it feel time. for uh you and I to be the only two that got five of the six right over the weekend? Well, the other issue is I wasn't sold on my Seahawks pick and I put them further than I should have. Mm-hmm. But and I mean, as we discussed, because uh, unfortunately I couldn't be there for the playoff show, um, but as we discussed last week on Bone Coverage, any of those games last week were a toss-up. Yeah. Except and, for uh, except for what we both agreed was one lock, and that lock almost came to bite us in the ass. So it was, it's really funny, because when I was talking with Ben, he he even thought that there was only one lock, and it wasn't the game that we picked. He said the only lock of the weekend was probably the Bucks game, which now that I think about it, I, I kind of understand. Coming from. I, I, I understand see where he's it. coming from. Um, especially when you have a team that has a player with more playoff victories than a franchise. But I <laughs> it, it just it was it was hard. This this lineup of games was good. And even the games we didn't think would be good. We're good except for one. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I was happy watching football two days straight. I was too. There were there was two games this week and that disappointed me. And we'll get to both of those um, yeah. coming up. But we'll start with what was our lock, which was the Bills over the Colts, uh, which we were right. Hell they was won. it close. Hell was it close. Yeah, I mean Colts did everything right. Mm-hmm. They are the first team in the Super Bowl era to lose a game in, with 450 total yards of offense and zero turnovers. And I got to be honest, it didn't feel like they had zero turnovers with the way this game ended. It felt like they had at least one, maybe two, even though I know they didn't. The way this game was going is it, it really could have ended either way. And mm-hmm. I think going into this, um, I mean, how we look at week 17, 16, 15, that Bill's offense was scary. That Holy Bill's shit. offense was not messing around. I think with all the hype we had for the Bill's offense, we kind of downplayed the Colts' defense. Which is which is, which has been there all season, to their Absolutely. credit. Um, and holding the Bills to 27 points and a loss is... <laughs> yeah, you got the loss, but that's almost something to be proud of with this Bill's offense, to be honest. I mean, you're the, the first game in... I want to say it was six that the Bills hadn't won by more than 10. That's crazy. And yes, this is now the Bills' seventh straight win. And it's the first time since 1990 they've ever had that streak going. First uh, first home playoff victory in a long time as well. Until what, 95? Something along those lines. It might be 94. uh, I know their last playoff win was 95. I don't know. I don't know if it was a home win or not, but yeah, we'll talk more about the Colts here in a little bit, um, because they they're an interesting topic about what the future brings for them. Absolutely are. Um, now the first game that disappointed me for the week was Rams and Seahawks. <laughs> uh, my Rams won, thirty to twenty. Fuck off, your I Rams. Was the, I was the only one of the three of us to have the Rams win. This is true. Um, I never I never bail on my LA boys, um, but I also would like to go on record. Shit. I said weeks ago that Seahawks were not going anywhere. See, I 
I kind of agree with that. I still thought the Seahawks would have figured at least a little bit out when it came to the playoffs. The, their defense had made a significant improvement. They had the largest like increase in production where they had less points per game or yards per game by over 150 from midway point in the season. Th- this essentially should have been a number one versus number two defense game. And it, it did not show on one side. It showed on the other. Um, yeah, I mean, cards on the table. I, I made it clear last week, the week before, whoever won this game was losing next week anyway. Um, neither of these teams were going to go far. <sighs> to be quite frank, I'm, I am surprised the Seahawks didn't win. Um, yeah. Not that surprised because I, I believe in LA. Um, but uh, so I'm surprised enough. Yeah. Thinking. I, I, mean, I think their defense could could pose issues for the Packers, mm-hmm. but still the Packers should win. But I mean, you you even you saw it you saw it with the Seahawks during the game. You saw Metcalf getting really upset on the side. You know when he wasn't being when he was being targeted too often. Yeah. He starts to get targeted. They start to make some progress. Um, they lost, but the Seahawks didn't really look like a team out there. No, they 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 felt like they were just a group on the field who somehow got a bust there together. Yeah. Even though it's a home home game, they felt like the away team. Mm-hmm. Um. The 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 Rams had sixteen sacks in their first or in their three games against the Seahawks or collectively throughout the season, they had three, three games this year. They had 16 sacks like that. That's ridiculous. And now they're, <laughs> this is the other kind of funny thing. Um, the Rams are two and zero against the Seahawks when they're in the playoffs and on the road. So apparently we should have looked at their last win and realized, Hey, maybe they aren't, gonna win um but i i overall very disappointed in in seattle i expected more fairly impressed with the rams um especially in jared goff coming into the game it's the first time he has played in the game that he didn't start in since at least high school um i i haven't i haven't checked to see if there's any updates on the the kid that got hit hard. Um, um, Wolford, okay. I believe they said was out of the hospital that night, but okay. I mean they took him straight from the field over it was there. A, so. It was a rough. It was a rough shot. That's that's to say the least. Um, going from a rough shot to a long shot. Thirty-one to twenty-three bucks over Washington. <laughs> we almost had it. We almost had it. I I was laying in bed watching this game, and. I could feel my heart rate increasing the closer they might be able to do something. And then, I mean, completely let down in the grand scheme. Shortly before the game, and not not shortly, but Alex Smith has rolled out. Yep. You've you've cut ties with your second-string quarterback. (laughs) So what does that leave you? What does it leave you? Um, leaves you Taylor Heineken. That's uh, Taylor Taylor Houdini. 
Taylor Hawaiian Pizza. I believe is his last name. Not Heineke. Heineken. Uh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, not I, beer. No, no, no Hawaiian pizza either. Not pineapple and ham. Um, <laughs> and quite frankly, it looked better than anybody was expecting. He, he had a game. He had a game. My question for you, Ricky, does that say more about the Bucks or does that say more about the future of Washington? Because um, Heineke, Heineke is not, not a rookie. I believe he's been in the league for a couple of years. He's just been on the bench, if I'm correct. Um, Ron Rivera came out either yesterday or earlier today and stated that he'd wished he'd given uh, more quarterbacks more opportunities during uh, preseason. Well, and it shows. I mean, we know there was no preseason. That's that's the other problem. Yeah, practice for sake of. Yeah. Um, I mean, we saw with Alex Smith this year in games he started. Alex Smith, I believe, was like six and two, six and three, something of that nature. Um, Kyle Allen wasn't bad; he just got hurt. So, Heineke was undrafted in 2015, so he has been in the league for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, he started with the Vikings, Patriots, Texans, Panthers, and now Washington presently, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think to answer your question, the, this has something more to do with the franchise, not Tampa Bay's defense. I think we're looking up in the world of Washington football we are finally getting some pieces put together. Rivera is a good coach who just needs to continue getting the right pieces in the right spot. And unfortunately, quarterback was the biggest issue, it seems like, this year. And on that same note, this game doesn't come down to just um, Heineke's performance or Washington's performance because – Brady still had a good game. Leonard Fournette had a good game. I mean, I mean, Washington also had some offensive line problems because they, in 19 straight games, have allowed two or more sacks. That that's that's a fundamental problem, not necessarily a staffing problem, but I don't know if you're just missing out on the appropriate pieces in that offensive line if your quarterbacks are just not confident in when to release or when to bail um there's a lot more to it i think i agree and it's we've we've done a lot of hype up washington these last couple of weeks but that's not to say that they don't have things they still need to figure out yeah and i mean that that's not to say that the chiefs or the packers don't have things to work out work on i mean every mm-hmm. team in this league has somewhere they can improve um I do want to say this before we move on to any other segment that um, history was made in this game. It was the first playoff game in NFL history where a female coach was on either side of the field. Washington had Jennifer King and Tampa has two and Lori Locust and Maral Javadafir. Oh yeah. Javadafar. I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce her last name, but that's a very, very important moment when we look at the NFL as a whole, because what, no more than a few years ago, we had our first female referee and mm-hmm. now we're getting more coaches on the sideline, which is just 
phenomenal. Absolutely incredible. Um, Absolutely awesome. Um, not to mention, did you see, can't think of her name, um, but the female coach with the Niners looks like she's leaving the team. I did not see that. Yeah, I could be wrong, but I thought I saw something about that. It's only okay. visit on the go. Um, now, my heartbreak of the week. My Titans. <laughs> 20 I called to it, 15. man. Um, I called it. Yeah. My favorite thing about this game is at one point, the Titans were up 10 nothing. Yep. And there was a statistic shown at the bottom of the screen. Uh, so, you know, I believe it was Lamar's 0-6 went down <laughs> 10 or more. <laughs> Hey, now he's one and six. Yeah. Um, uh, so I I do want to say that there there's a stat between the Ravens and the Titans that the away team mm-hmm. in these games wins, and now it, I believe it is six and zero instead of five and zero. So, granted, statistics are they only go so far, but it it goes to show that sometimes we can pay more attention to them, even if the, the team who looks in the beginning of the game to be better is not going to win. Right. The game coming on to, uh, you know, late in the fourth quarter, interception by Tannehill, uh, kind of an interception. It, statistically an interception, but everybody that saw the play, it's still confusing as to what actually happened. I Because um, I don't know who I, that I was going understand. to. But the, the receiver dropped, and I, I don't know what happened. He had to have slipped. He had to it's, have. And it went right because... into the defender's hands. And, uh, I mean, hell, good good on you, Baltimore. If there's uh, – I mean, hell, if there was going to be one thing that got I got wrong this week in predictions, I did not want it to be this game. Yeah. But Baltimore has been looking good lately. Um, I mean, so the, the other thing is um, a statistic showed in at least the U.K. broadcasts because I was, I was talking with Ben throughout this um, – it showed up that the Titans in this defense in playoff history was slated as the 585th out of 589th defenses when it comes to sacks. They are like 586 when it comes to yards allowed per game and 588th in one other defense statistic that I cannot remember, um, which is horrendous. But they had five sacks and they had an interception. And and, let's switch, and, they only allowed 20 points. This was a one score game. Yeah. I mean, if but that pass at the at late in the fourth isn't intercepted, this could be a very different result. Very. And the other crazy part is in their first 16 games, they only got three times as many sacks as they got in one game in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Granted, you have to give the Ravens credit because they, they shut Derrick Henry down. Big time. I mean, he only had 40 yards on 18 carries. Well, I mean, you had to learn when he's using your own defenders against you last year. Yeah. You have no other choice but to try to figure it out. <laughs> um, yeah, and credit to Lamar, too. Had a rough first half, but that second half was looked a completely different Lamar. He you know? he has a, a fun fun stat line for me. Um, he's 14-1 and one in games when – or the Ravens are 14-1 and one when Lamar has 90 or more rushing yards. And <laughs> – his only loss on that list are to your 2019 divisional Tennessee Titans. Hey, let's go. <laughs> there's, there's, my, there's my smile for uh, the end of that topic. Yeah. Um, now my second game that disappointed me this week. 
I agree with this. Because I'm ready to I'm ready to talk about this, and we've hinted at talking about it for a few weeks, um, but we've never really taken the time to dive into it. Uh, Saints twenty one, Bears nine. Um, should have at least been Bears sixteen. The Saints twenty one, at least. Yeah. Um, well, hell, you could say seventeen since the Bears didn't get their extra point at the end of the game. Um, but we also know how Bears are with their kickers. So, <laughs> con- con- good job, Saints. Congratulations. You're moving on. Yeah. As you, you should You did what was expected of you. Exactly. And you didn't do it well. No. Ricky, I texted you shortly before game time. Yep. And I'd said something along the lines of, there's a sick part of me that really wants the Bears to win this game. Yeah. And, I think... Uh, all three of us who have been on this pod agree with that statement. Yeah, and it's it's nothing to do with the Saints, nothing against the Saints, but it's for me, it's one I love I love an underdog. And yeah. for whatever reason, the Bears felt more of an underdog than Washington did going into this weekend. I think I would have to agree with you. Yeah, and I personally have also, and I've said it for weeks, I've thought everybody's always been way too hard on Trubisky. Yeah. Um whims. That was the receiver, wasn't it? That first quarter, second, was it the second quarter? For those of you that didn't see, I, uh, I'm jealous. <laughs> Trubisky was getting a good drive down the field and threw a nice deep pass, which isn't something Trubisky is necessarily known for. Um, right through, I believe his last name was Wims. The guy that tried to pick a fight with Gardner Johnson a couple weeks ago. Yeah. That guy, you know the one. The one that punched Gardner Johnson realized he wasn't really doing anything back. They tried to punch him again. Uh, yeah, him. That that guy. He dropped the ball. And at this point, this would have given going into the half, had that touchdown been caught, because it was a touchdown. It was right in his hands. There was no reason to drop it. There was no defender on him. No. He just missed it. This would have gave the Bears a 10-7 lead going into the second half. Yeah. Which, all hypothetical, that could have changed Completely different everything. dynamic. Completely completely could have changed everything about this game um that being said the saints only scoring 21 against the bears isn't that impressive to me no and that honestly just makes me even more confident about my prediction for when they play the buccaneers next week yeah much trubisky and... you ready <laughs> as ready as i'm gonna be all right first round second overall in 2017 yeah, we know, ahead of Patrick Mahomes and ahead of Deshaun Watson. People act as if Bears took the first overall pick with Trubisky. Yeah, I know they traded up, and I know they could have had Mahomes or Watson. They didn't. It is what it is. People act as if the Bears had the first overall pick and that Mahomes went second and Deshaun went third. No. There were some other teams that could have had Deshaun or Mahomes that didn't. Yeah. Including the number one overall pick, Cleveland who ended up taking a quarterback the following year in Baker Mayfield at number one overall. The number three overall pick, which I believe was San Fran, could have taken Mahomes or Watson. Granted, they just recently gotten Jimmy G. Yeah. Jacksonville, were you still banking on Blake Bortles? No, you take Mahomes or Watson. Tennessee, yeah, Mariota was okay. Mariota was okay, I get it. New York Jets, who was your money on at the time? Chargers, Rivers was getting old, could have taken somebody else. Carolina, Cam, really? No. Cincinnati, Andy Dalton. Look at two years later. You take Burrow. Yeah. People are hard on Trubisky merely because he was the only other quarterback taken before. 
you know after Mahomes and Watson who the next quarterback taken was? No. Not until the second round, the 52nd pick by Cleveland, Deshaun Kaiser. So, okay, let's play the hypothetical. Chicago trades up, gets that second pick. They take Mahomes. They take Watson. Cool. Then, uh, you know, pick seven, eight, whenever Mahomes is taken. They take the other one. Pick goes by between. Next pick is when Trubisky goes to Houston. So now Trubisky's in Houston drafted early first round still, like mid, mid first round, I should say. Then nobody gives a fuck. Exactly. I understand it. Bears fans being like, damn, we could have had Mahomes or Watson. Yeah. You could have had a lot of people. I mean, Trubisky's 29 and 21, and his career has started for the Bears. 64 touchdowns, 37 interceptions, 10,609 passing yards. Mm-hmm. These are not bad stats. No. I mean, when you compare games, them to Mahomes, sure. Well, not even that. When when you're looking at the the overall statistic of different quarterbacks who have been starting quarterbacks for significantly longer than um, Trubisky has been, his numbers are good. Mm-hmm. But it's Pro Bowler it's in home. 2018. I just first ever Nickelodeon most MVP Nickelodeon viable player. <sighs> I, so I understand where you're coming from and he, he doesn't deserve the flack that he gets to the extent that he gets it, but I still think he deserves some of it. He, he, as a quarterback, he doesn't really fit in what I would ever have envisioned a bears quarterback to do. Um, and a lot of that has to do with some of his decision-making seems suspect, but it, it's all a learning curve. When you come from college going into professional football, you're playing with in college, you're playing with people who are all of relative age and size. And when you jump into the professional realm, you're looking at potentially a 10, eight, 10 year age difference from a rookie to someone who's getting ready to retire. And the body types and mentalities are entirely different all the way through that. And I don't know if it's, if it was a coaching thing for him, if it was just a almost nervousness, not being sure about if I fit in this team, how do I make myself fit in this team? What do I do to make myself the starting quarterback and the the franchise man moving forward? But some of the onus has to go on Trubisky considering where he was drafted. He was drafted above these guys who have played better than he has. He has to do something to push himself to play better. And it's, it's not just that he has certain wide receivers or running backs that he can pass to. You have to make do with what you have and make it the best team you can. And, Yes, it sucks to be compared to Patrick Mahomes. It sucks to be cared to be compared to someone like Deshaun Watson, who has the most passing yards this year. It's it's hard, but he is making plenty of money, and it is now his it it is his career to make this Bears team a better playoff team, and he should have 
been able to get his team to win this. Granted, the drop pass has nothing to do with him. That that is entirely on your receiver. It should have been caught. But the thing is, in watching the Bears and Saints game, it was obvious to me that Trubisky was the only Bear that wanted to be in the playoffs. Yes. With the exception of Jimmy Graham's one-handed touchdown, then walking out of the fucking stadium, which was the coolest thing that I think I've ever seen in a professional football game. <laughs> it was obvious to me Trubisky was the only one that cared. Yeah, I mean, he he almost feels like the only player who cared all year. Mm-hmm. Um, Six and three is a starter this season. The Bears only beat Tampa. Was a, they're the only team they beat that had a winning record. It was Tampa. And that's, that's not sufficient to get in the playoffs. I agree. The, the one thing I do want to say, though, like I said, six and three this year with Trubisky as a starter. Yeah. Two and five with who else? Oh, yeah, Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Which we know my feelings on Nick Foles. Ruined I don't Carson. get that switch. I, I ruined, don't understand. Ruined Carson wants his career. Well, I, 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 this season, I don't know what's going through a, the coaching staff's head when they decide to bench Trubisky for Nick Foles. It Trubisky looked like from the well. start of the year. It looked like for the, from the, yeah, he was playing fine. Yeah, a yeah. rough-ish start to game four. But at the time, or game three, whenever they pulled him. But the thing is, is they it felt like all year they were looking for any excuse to bench Trubisky. Which I, I think I'll, they were, and I think they were trying to find a reason to get rid of him. And I want to touch on Trubisky again here in a little bit, just briefly, um, yeah. once we talk about a couple other quarterbacks. Yep. Um, because one of them is drafted in a similar position, and he doesn't get nearly the same amount of flack oh. um, <sighs> as Trubisky does. But my, my whole point with this is <laughs> Trubisky is not a bad quarterback. I would agree with you that maybe he's not, he's not a fit for the Bears. Uh, I wouldn't disagree with that statement. But people are so hard on Trubisky because the Bears could have had Mahomes and Watson. Tr- that's not Trubisky's fault. Like, that's your front office's fault. That's nothing with Trubisky. And the thing is, to go off with that, right, a lot of people in Detroit, mm-hmm. um, and this is going to be the one time I'm talking about Stafford this week, I swear. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of uh, Lions fans that hate Stafford. There's also a lot of Lions fans that don't think Stafford belongs in Detroit but they guide that towards the Lions front office, the Fords. They don't guide that towards Stafford. That's not Stafford's fault that he was drafted no. here. No, and he does everything he can to prove that he is the best quarterback for this team. But that this team has ever had in a long time. He still deserves better. <laughs> he deserves better. Best game of the week by a long shot. <laughs> One that I said for weeks. When I said, what was the best team in that North division? You said the Browns. I said the Browns, and I'm, I still might be right. The Ravens are looking pretty good right now. But I knew for, <laughs> I knew for all that's good, it was not the Steelers. If, if, if we're looking at the, the first 10 minutes of either game alone, it's the Browns. It's the Browns. And so, it's the Browns by a mile and a half. Um, as, as Juju, I believe, put it, the Browns are the Browns, you know? That's so, all that they are. He has his moments. 28 nothing. 
28 nothing. Yeah. And uh, so <laughs> first play from scrimmage. It goes Jesus. over Ben's head. What a disgusting game from the Steelers. Um, I do want to touch on Ben. We'll we'll talk about him later. We we can touch his stats later because what a conflicting feeling. I I have a very conflicting feeling. And like the bubble boys were very, very hard for me this week. Simply because of that. And I don't know Um, if I still have a solid answer. Yeah, I don't I honestly any I was gonna kinda wait until you said before I I fully decided. Because you could make a case for all three being in each three spot. I know we said that last week about Eli and uh, Stafford and Luck. But uh, uh, this week, that, that rivals it. Yeah, I I think there's one more obvious lesser like bust spot, but one stat in particular could completely flip it my gut is telling me that who you're thinking might be the bust is probably my best (laughs) i hope not anyways Um, great game for the browns great game for the browns happy to see them moving on Um, i mean this is the browns first road win versus pittsburgh since week five of 2003 were they home week 17 yeah, they were home. Oh, okay. I was like, yeah, yeah Browns were home. I really think it be like first road win since last week when they did it again. <laughs> <laughs> no, but th- this win, I understand it's uh, an empty stadium. I understand that it does not feel like a, a a normal home or away game, but Cleveland still has to make a trip. They still have to do all of their typical routine for an away game. And they were the team that showed up. I... I was texting Ben throughout this game and his, his stream was ahead of mine because I don't have cable. I have to stream everything. And um, I, I get a message as the kickoff is happening and it's just basically like a, an, Oh no. And then seven ha ha's in a row. I'm like, Oh shit. What is happening? And I'm just like saying, I'm like, I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for, the Steelers should just break it for an opening kick touchdown return. And then the first play happens, like, you've got to be kidding me. Like You were, you had texted me early on in the game. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what you said, but it had something to do with around the first player, like how the Browns were looking at the time. And I thought I just told him, like, don't talk to me. Because yeah. I didn't yeah, want to risk. Was like, nope, nope. And don't get me wrong, I'm not a superstitious person. But I didn't want to potentially risk this because since my Titans lost, this was going to be the biggest win of the week. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, it was. And it's a good, good job, Browns. The second half is great. You, you go from down 28 to bringing it to a 48-37 game. I mean, yeah, I mean, if how, we're talking just second half, Pittsburgh moves on. Yeah. I mean, how shitty is that feeling that your first play and your first three drives are what makes it so you lose yeah like i said we'll come back to ben though um speaking of the browns runner up of the week this week we are comparing to baker mayfield uh yeah we're giving an honorable nod to lamar and josh allen um (laughs) but at the end of the day baker you know credit to you took your team past the steelers moving on facing the chiefs next week that won't be easy maybe i so this was very difficult for me to even come up with the 
man to beat this week. Um, and when we were when we were chatting back and forth, I still wasn't sold when we said um, when when we said Baker. Although, she, I mean, she had a great game. He's twenty one for thirty four, two hundred sixty three yards and three touchdowns. He doesn't throw a pick. And then you look at Lamar, who had one hundred and fifty some passing yards, 120 rushing yards and two touchdowns Mm -hmm. and Josh Allen with 320 and two passing and a rushing touchdown. Like all of those stat lines are so comparable that flip a coin and you need, granted you need three sides to be able to flip a coin for this, but I, I find it so, so hard to pick who I wanted to be the best player. Now, Picking who I wanted to be the runner-up was even harder. <laughs> um, I I do have three three people that I want to at least mention, and um, I'll start with my my bottom two. And Real quick they- before before you state who they are, um, I do want to mention everybody listening that when we when we analyze the runner-up and the playoffs, it's a little bit different than the regular season. Yeah. Because as we all know, the playoffs are a different field. They're a different mindset. Did Baker have the best game statistically? Maybe not. Was there, you know, a running back or receiver or defenseman who had a better game? Maybe, probably. But possible. More times than not, your quarterback's also the leader of your team. Yeah. And when you look at the playoffs, that's when you need your leader. Yes. So be prepared for the runner-ups for the next couple of weeks to be pretty controversial. Well, not only that, but we also go from 32 teams to i mean 14 and this week it's not even 14 because we had two Mm -hmm. teams that aren't playing so you only have six games to talk about that's that's 12 teams and this week we have even less um so my, my first honorable mention it's one of those that i was talking to you before this that it's it's kind of funny because it could go one of two ways um, either we just straight up say congrats to the Browns D cause you had five total takeaways or we should be giving it to, um, big Ben for helping out the Browns. Yeah. I mean, his, his first half was atrocious and there's not much more to say about it. His second half, phenomenal, phenomenal. Um, but I mean, it, his interceptions cost cost the Steelers a game. Um, granted, his fourth was not necessarily his fault. Um, I digress because we'll talk about that even more later. Um, the next one I want to give it to is Leonard Fournette. He he rushed for 93. He had 39 receiving yards and he had a touchdown. And <clears throat> looking at that that Washington matchup, it's, a, it's, it's a hell of a defense. Like, that is a defense to beat. And he he put in the work and he helped that team get to the divisional round of the playoffs. Um, now, the kid, I think, deserves the runner-up this week who easily could have gotten the straight-up player of the week is Cam Akers. Uh, 131 yards, one rushing touchdown, and then 45 receiving yards. 
He has the second most scrimmage yards by a rookie in a playoff game in NFL history. And I would, I would say that he, he definitely showed himself in that Ram Seahawks game. And he could, you could, you could argue that he's the reason that game went the way it did. Yeah. I absolutely agree with you. Runner up is Cam Akers. Um, for the reason he said there, and there's a reason we kind of glossed over him when we did the Rams scout recap because we're going to talk about him here. Yeah. Um, but in runner-up tradition, my runner-up to my runner-up is Mitchell Trubisky. And it's not who I expected, but I no, appreciate it. And it's it's not even a joke. It's it's merely because what I said earlier about the Bears Saints game, Trubisky clearly had something to play for. Yeah. It's just a shame the rest of the team didn't. Uh, but. Congratulations to Cam Akers. You uh, definitely more than earned it. You Let's see what you can do for the Rams this week against uh, Green Bay. Hey, maybe he'll uh, get that that record for the most scrimmage yards <sighs> by a rookie. Now, something I've been looking forward to for a long time. God. Are you ready? Hey, uh, as I said before, we started, I'm as ready as I'm ever going to be. We alluded to this last week. Um, well, we didn't allude to it. We said we were going to do it this week. <laughs> we said we were going to do a nice little deep dive into Sam Darnold and Joe Flacco. Yeah. And uh, not necessarily comparing the two, but, you know, talking about them. Um, yeah. Let's start with Sam Darnold. Okay. Drafted uh, first round third overall by the Jets in 2018. Um. 13, 25, and 0, career record. Four, 45 touchdowns, 39 receptions, 8,000 passing yards. Um, drafted behind Baker, who was drafted first overall that year. He was, a dra- he was drafted ahead of three quarterbacks. Can you name all three offhand? Um, okay. It's going to be – well, I, I mean, I know Josh Allen. I know Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. And who's the – Who's the fourth? Then I know that draft class. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Let me let me preface, and this is where I wonder to bring Trubisky. If Trubisky is drafted where Darnold's drafted, seeing what we see now about Lamar, people are just as upset. Yeah, like we could have Josh Allen, we could have Lamar Jackson. <laughs> uh, but the Jets fans don't seem to be that upset with Darnold. Almost like they understand it's not on Sam Darnold. That being said, the one other quarterback drafted, and so in order, first overall, Baker Mayfield, third overall, Sam Darnold. Yeah. Uh, seventh, I believe, was Josh Allen. Yeah. Um, late in the first round was Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Like the last pick of the first round. It's a quarterback in the middle there. Josh Rosen. Oh, what? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Everybody's mad. If, 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 if I'm any team in there, right? If I'm Arizona, I'm livid. Oh, absolutely. Because you should have taken Lamar Jackson. (laughs) And then you wouldn't have had to spend another first round pick on a quarterback. If I'm Baltimore right there, I am like, holy hell, we got Lamar Jackson. To be fair, I don't know what the hype with Lamar was going into the draft. I'm sure it probably wasn't the same as it was with Mahomes and Watson. And, you know, that's a fair argument, you know. Um, But my point with Trubisky and tying that kind of together is just the fact that 
it's not a fair argument that like, oh, we could have had Michael Watson. Yeah, sure. You know, yeah. Ryan Leaf was drafted first, man, or Ryan Leaf was drafted second. You know, things like that could have easily been switched. Manning that's, was drafted. That's like first. looking at this year's draft. That's like looking at this year's draft and saying sure. right now that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the absolute worst pick you could ever make. Mm-hmm. And Justin Fields is God's gift to football and you have to take him because in three years, he's going to win you two Super Bowls. And in three years, uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to retire because of an injury. Yeah, don't like, if, if Jacksonville takes, you know, kid out of, kid out of Bama first overall. Mac Jones. But, yeah, then or sure. Devontae Smith. Yeah, sure. I, I don't. I don't Receiver know or quarterback? Him. Which one are you talking about? Quarterback, Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Yeah. Um, if they take Mac Jones first overall, sure, I'd get being like, "Yo, what the hell?" You know. Yeah. I mean, he's still a first being, round pick, but he's not a first overall. The thing is, is that shouldn't tarnish Mac Jones' career. No. His. Nor it, should it this have tarnished. Where you go, like. It, it depends on the quarterback on what's going to fit in your franchise. If we're looking for someone like, if we're looking for someone like a Lamar Jackson, he, he won't fit in a, in a, in a Jets. No. Position. He won't fit with the Colts or the Broncos. He, he maybe after this year could ha- have an argument for him to go to new England, but like that's a that's a Carolina type of position that you're looking for, where you want a mobile quarterback. My point with uh, the thing with Jacksonville, right, is it's to be fair, it's not out of the realm for them to take a guy like Mac Jones first overall. Um, <laughs> uh, you're right. You know the last quarterback, and I, I only know this because I was looking it up earlier for a comparative for something that we'll do with another show. You know the last time the Jacksonville Jaguars took a quarterback in the first round. Jacoby. Can't tell the year. I think it was 2013 or so. Blake Bortles. Oh, I did know that. <laughs> yeah, um, I believe it was third overall. Yeah. Sam Donald had two different head coaches, about to have a third, um, provided that he remains the starting quarterback, um, which I think you and I agree that he should. Yeah, so I was – this is something that I was looking into a fair amount. Um, th- there's a lot of discussion on what they should do being the Jets and being so early in the draft, you have a bunch of great options on players you can pick up. And um, one of the arguments is an offensive lineman from Oregon who apparently is one of God's gifts to football because he is extremely highly regarded. And the other would be even uh, Devonta Smith, who is clearly after last night's national championship game, the best receiver to probably ever play at Alabama. And that's saying something. Um, I think it's too early to bail on Darnold because one, you have so many other positions that you could build around him to make his pick worthwhile but you also still have the option to, to bail on him because looking at the quarterbacks that are ready to play, you, you have um, Trey, Trey Lawrence, I, Trey something. I can't think of what his last name is now from North Dakota State. You have Mac Jones. You have um, Trevor Lawrence, who you won't get. And you have Justin Fields and Zach Wilson. I mean, 
you have both of which you could get four, you know? five, six quarterbacks that are all very valid options. I think at the end of the day, what it comes down to in regards to drafting a quarterback is if I'm the Jets front office, the only way I take a quarterback at number two overall right now is if I'm confident this quarterback will turn around my team. Yeah. And, and I, I don't think any of them are going to be the I was going to say, I don't, I don't think around. any of them can be. Um, if the I were one to... who might, and I, I very seriously want to put air quotes around might, would be Trevor Lawrence, but you're yeah. not going to get him. He's going number one. I would say, based on my very, very small knowledge of college football, to be quite <laughs> frank, I'm not, I'm not the biggest college guy out there. Um, I think in a couple of years' time, the best quarterback coming out of this draft, draft class is going to be Zach. Yeah. I think I, he's I think he, I mean, he's a, he's a Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think Trevor's going to have a great career. I think Justin Fields will have a fine career. But I think uh, Zach is the key. I'll be honest. I, I think Justin Fields is going to struggle because he's I, not. I think the... he'll have a fine career. I think he will have a great Ryan Fitzpatrick career. Um, okay. You know, and, and that's not a shot at Justin Fields. I just, yeah, you looked great two weeks ago. You looked cool. Johnny Menzel looked great at one that, point. That's kind of where I was going to go. And it's he, and I'm not saying they're the same quarterback. But that could also happen to to Trevor Lawrence. Totally. You just and it's and it can happen to Zach Wilson as well. You know, yeah. and who's to say? But at the end of the day, just because you're great in college doesn't mean you're going to be great in professional football. No. Um, but the point with Darnold is, I I really think it's just too early to bail on him. I mean, it's, he's about to have a third head coach probably countless other members within that staff and organization that I was too lazy to look up, look into. Um, but you, and I, I think I compared Darnold to Mariota where throughout Mariota's early career, a lot of things were constantly changing. Yeah. You know, it, it, he'd be with one coach or OC for two years and culture change and culture change. And it's like, well, how do you expect a guy to get comfortable learning what he's really doing when everything's changing all the time? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the Jets have so much that they have to improve on to be able to feel confident in their coaching staff and their starting rotation on who's going to be in what spot. And they, they have to figure out so many other things before they should ever consider another quarterback when Sam Darnold has so much left to prove mm-hmm. and likely will be able to perform on the level of everyone else in his draft class that is of significance. And that, that being said, I mean, especially Josh Rosen, uh, that being said, I, I have to wonder if you could argue Trubisky and Darnold are in similar positions to maybe they do need to be somewhere else. Flip them. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> be honest, Darnold kind of feels more like a Bears quarterback than he does a Jets and Trubisky kind of feels more like a Jets quarterback than he does a Bears. I mean, I kind of agree with that just because I want to see another butt fumble and I think it'd be hilarious um, more for Trubisky, but I'm not going to go there because they're both good quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, they they are. And I think that's the key is they both are good quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, Now, now moving off of of good quarterbacks, how about an elite quarterback, Ricky? We're talking about this Flacco meter now. My boy, Joe Flacco. 
2008 first round, number 18 overall, drafted to Baltimore. Uh, he was the second quarterback taken in the first round. Know who the first was, Ricky? No. Number three to Atlanta, Matt Ryan. Okay. Um, I looked into other quarterbacks drafted that year. The only name anybody would probably know would be Chad Henney. It was drafted second round. Uh, 176 games uh, in his career, 175 of those being starts. 61.7 completion percentage, 40,000, about 41,000 yards, passing yards. Um, 144 interceptions to 224 touchdowns. A career 98 and 77 record in games he started. Two and 10 the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. He uh, he had an under 500 record with Baltimore in two seasons, once in 2015 at three and seven, and once in 2018 at four and five. Which the 2015 one, I believe, season ended early due to injury. 2018, I think, is when they started playing Lamar. But four and five is still too early as well, in my in my opinion. Um, over 400,000 yards once in 2016, where the uh, Ravens had an 8-8 and record, um, where he threw for 4,317 yards. Super Bowl MVP in 2013. Uh, he also had five straight playoff appearances from 2008 to 2012, and then again in 2014. Um, he has a 10-5 career record in the playoffs. So I don't I don't have all the records listed down season by season, but I did like my Aaron math where I assess it and just kind of take my average. <laughs> Based on all of the games he played all the seasons, because he, while well, he's been in the league for about 13 years, he's played for a total of about actually 12 seasons due to a short in 2013 or a short in 2015 and short in 2018. Um, what you could expect in a season from Joe Flacco. 20-ish touchdowns, low 20s, 12 to 13 interceptions, and a 9-7 and seven or 10-6 and six record. That's what you could expect based on averages of his teams in the seasons. Mm-hmm. Does that sound like a bad quarterback? It doesn't sound like a great quarterback, but it doesn't sound nearly to the the bad spectrum um i i find this very odd because looking at his his stats they they went to the super bowl in what was it 13 or 14 13 13 that was one of his worst performing years in his career he threw for the most picks in his career at 22 and he had less than 20 touchdown passes. His QBR was 73.1, which is about eight less than his second worst. Um, and he hasn't been the most accurate of passers he he pretty much 
is a just around 60% completion percentage. Um, I find his career difficult to gauge because he had a good, he's, he's had very good teams. He's had very good players on his teams when we're thinking back to, to the, the early, early Raven teams. Absolutely. Great defense. Yeah. Absolutely. And that I, I would say back when he, he was in the, his, his prominent days as a starting quarterback, mm-hmm. it wasn't an offensive team. It was a defensive team. And I mean, John Harbaugh has done a great job with this team and at, at Baltimore. Um, mm-hmm. Flacco's career confuses me. Something I do want to touch on, two and ten the last two seasons, uh, the Jets this year, Broncos last year. Those are two teams where he's really had nothing. Yeah. And there's no other way to really put it. Um, obviously, we're not trying to sit here and debate whether Flacco's elite or not. We know the answer. I mean, we know my answer, but we know the consensus. <sighs> The reason I wanted to do this deep dive on Flacco and like his actual career statistics is the same reason I want to talk about Trubisky. The yeah. same reason I want to talk about Darnold. The same reason I've talked about Derek Carr. The same reason I've talked about Tannehill. <laughs> a lot of quarterbacks get a lot of negative feedback that isn't rightfully given. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Joe Flacco, by, by, he is not going to be the future of a team. I mean, especially at this point in his career. At one yeah. point, he was. That being said, you look at its team that might need a quarterback next season. Let's think. Hell, for sake of, um, for sake of, let's say Washington. Okay. Maybe a team that's still looking for another missing piece. So their first round pick, they draft somebody else. Alex Smith decides to hang it up. Like, I think he will. Um, it wouldn't shock me for them to want to bring in a guy like Joe Flacco. Yeah, someone who has who has experience, who has the confidence, who mm-hmm. has been to a Super Bowl, who's won a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean that's more than Philip Rivers has done. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, more Dang. than Matt Ryan, <laughs> which hurts. That hurts. That hurts. But yeah. to be fair, Matt, Matt Ryan has that league MVP, which is nice. Um. I guess just at the end of the day, my point is Flacco's not a bad quarterback by any means. Um, I'd say he's a good quarterback. He can get a team where they need to go, even yeah. if his statistics aren't phenomenal. Give give Flacco Washington football team next season, and they win the division again. I think that could move us into a uh, later question. If you want to jump there and jump back. Oh, okay, okay. I'll uh, take it away. Yeah, so speaking of our our wonderful division rivals, the Philadelphia Eagles, they they fired Doug Peterson. Um, what what does that mean for for the Eagles franchise moving forward? What does it mean for Carson Wentz? Um. So, Doug Peterson, career 42-37-1 with the Eagles. That's not a – that's a f- hardly 500 record. Yeah. In his uh, first season, 2016, 7-9. and 
2018, nine and seven, 2019, nine and seven. This last year, four, 11 and one. His only good year was 2017, 13 and three, where Wentz should have been the MVP. Yep. Where Nick Foles stole all of his credit. And uh, the Eagles win the Super Bowl that year. Um, before I answer your question as to what does this mean, I'll ask you first are you surprised? By them firing him? Yeah. No. He... Me neither. So his record is not as bad as most would take to get fired. But he clearly had lost the, the franchise man in their locker room who they paid, what, a hundred and some odd million dollars into in his contract. I mean... Carson Wentz had said that if Peterson was back, he would leave and he would not, he would demand a trade and they would have to get rid of Carson Wentz. Do I, do I think him staying in Philadelphia is the move? Not really, but I, I, I do think when you push your, your locker room that far, even just one player like Carson Wentz, who, theoretically has the locker room there, there are there are compounding issues um overall with this franchise <clears throat> um i think it's best to give Hertz the keys let him run the season like he there's there's a lot of room for growth next year is not going to be your year you're not going to get to the super bowl you're probably not going to get to the playoffs. That's okay for another year. I think you have to put your trust into Jalen Hurts, who is young, who is able, who is a good enough player, and let him prove what this franchise can do with him. This, I think, this is like a, a Darnold moment. Yeah, I think we've already agreed that Carson Wentz is not best suited in Philadelphia any longer. And I don't think Carson Wentz's career is done by a long shot. There are a lot of teams who are going to be looking for a quarterback. There were a lot. There are a lot of teams that would be so much better with Carson Wentz. Hell, Washington, even. And I. So, I don't want to go too far into this because we're going to bring up again in a couple spots, different quarterback rooms, and what we mm-hmm. think is going to happen. Um, but we'll do a little bit of a dive into the NFC East next week. Okay, so. My, my thing is there are quarterbacks who are going to retire. And this year, this week, could have been their last game for some of them. Next week might be for some, some more. Like you said, there are some who didn't even get to play this week that are probably going to retire um, or probably should retire for their, their health. Um, there are plenty of spaces in 32 teams, realistically, probably 25 teams that could use a quarterback of Carson Wentz's ability. And yeah, that, that'll be a fun thing to dive into down the road is because there are a lot of teams out there that need quarterback help. Yeah. Um, I agree. Give Hurts the keys, let him go. See what happens. 
So my thing, my thing with Doug Peterson is, I don't think the uh, tanking in Week 17. I don't think that was his call. And I, the only reason I could think he went along with it is because he may have been given some little bit of job security. Then he does it. And then he gets fired. Then he's fired. No head coach would ever tank for an organization that they're about to be fired from. No. They fight for their job. That makes you look like garbage going to any other team when you need a job now. Yeah. So the other thing that, I mean, yeah, tanking is kind of shitty, but I, I get why they did it. I mean, oh yeah, we we talked about that last week, yeah. But I mean, now they move up in their draft stock, and they it depending on how things lie, they could get the number one receiver in this this class, and adding a Devonta Smith with a Jalen Hurts, that's a dynamic duo. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Philly appears to be in that point right now where they need to decide whether they're going into a full rebuild or just kind of a repair and move. Yeah. sort of situation and they probably should go into the full rebuild i agree i agree um now a few teams lost this week ricky yep um you know at least six <laughs> <laughs> Matt. what and we've already talked about each game um but what team of those six do you do you think looked the best if you had to pick one of these six teams that lost to be back here next year, potentially move farther, who would that team be? And why is it the Titans? <laughs> See, you're taking my words and speaking. Yeah, no, that, was, that was Ricky. That was Ricky's joke. I couldn't, I couldn't take um, that. I, I did add the LOL at the end of it, even though I do agree that it is the Titans. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can see an argument for, Honestly, not six of these teams, probably four. Um, but their overall game in Tennessee was what I would have expected from a team ready to win a playoff game. They they had the defense they needed. They didn't quite have the, their offense panning out the way they wanted to. And I would say a lot of it has to do with just how the Ravens shut down Derrick Henry because he, he, I fully expected to run for 150 yards. I no questions. That's what I expected. I expected a couple touchdowns, um, and I just, I really, not being a Titans fan, I I align more to the Ravens in this matchup. I wanted the Ravens to win, but I, I absolutely would have been stoked to see the Titans come out and show that they are not the 585th out, out of defense out of 589 ever playoff defenses. And, yeah, and how, something I don't think we really talked about, though. They only gave 20 points, and being the 585th out of the 588, that's good. Well, 20 points was the third, uh, tied for the third least amount scored that week. <laughs> Just a shame the Titans scored less than it. Um, now I agree. The Titans definitely, I think have the most to look forward to going forward. Um, we know I love Tannehill. He's my boy, probably my favorite quarterback in football. (laughs) Um, there's one other team and one other player and, and it's going to be Trubisky. Um, (laughs) 
He, I think there's one other player and one other team also still that's part of this conversation. Um, the, the one other team I wanted to talk about was Washington. Okay. Um, and, and, and I know we talk about Washington a little bit, a lot lately. Um, but I really feel like the future is so bright for Washington. They just need a couple more pieces for things to really click. And I think they could be such a good team, such a dominant force. Uh, Chase Young is going to be a phenomenal, if he's not already a phenomenal defensive player. I, I love him calling out, Tom. I'll be honest. Yeah, I, absolutely. I It didn't really pan out in his favor because he didn't really get many opportunities at him. But it, do what you got to do to get yourself recognized. And mm-hmm. work your ass off to, to show – the greatest of all time that you're here to kick his butt. Yeah. And and that's when I say which losing team looked the best. That's why I say, you know, Washington, because a lot of that team is young. Yeah. Some parts aren't, but a lot of that team is young and it's only getting better. Titans are on the verge of where they need to be. And we're on the cusp. If I'm a GM for a team that needs a quarterback, I'm taking a chance on Trubisky if the Bears try to get rid of him. Like I said, it, the game did not pan out in his favor, unfortunately. Yeah. But he was the only man on that team that showed up. So the other side that I want to talk about, um, I agree with you with, with Trubisky I think there's something fundamentally wrong in that locker room. Um, And he, I think, has the very strong possibility or ability to make that difference. But the other team that I want to talk about that if we ignore the first quarter of a game entirely didn't happen, If if it does not happen, that Steelers team looks phenomenal. Yes. And... Ben probably has a career game. Yeah, and we'll talk about Ben here in a minute. Um, but, I mean, hell, a case a case could also be made for the Colts. A lot of those pieces are starting to click. I, th- I think we're in a consensus. Uh, of all the losing teams, really the only one that we're not impressed with is the Seahawks. <laughs> yep. All right. Um <laughs> Now, before this next topic, we are going to go into the boys. And we chose three quarterbacks this week. Shocker. Um, But there's a reason we chose these three. We chose three quarterbacks from this week's playoffs. um, All three of which could potentially be in their last season. Two of these three could have been their last game. And uh, for those of you who do not know what the boys are, um, it's when we could take three players from similar positions, decide who was the best, who was the bust, and who was bearable. And we are only basing these boys off of this weekend's game. So we have Philip Rivers, Drew Brees, and Big Ben. Have you decided yet, Ricky? What side of it do I start at? With your bust. Okay, so... I... Well, I'm going to start by looking at these stats. I want, I want to talk about the stats and think about them as a whole before we go into anything too far. Okay. Um, Phillips, Phillips, 
Philip Rivers has um, 27, att- or 27 completions on 47, 46 attempts for 58.69 completion percentage. He three, has 309 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, wasn't sacked. QBR of 93 and a half. He had one rushing attempt where he gets a negative yard. He had no fumbles. Um, Drew Brees throws 28 completions on 39 attempts, 71.79%, uh, best of the three of them, 265 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, no sacks, um, a QBR of 107.3. He has two rushing yards uh, or two attempts on three rushing yards. Um, he did have a fumble. He did not lose it. Now, Ben is the most conflicting out of any of them. 47 completions, which is a playoff record. He passes Tom Brady on that one. 68 completion or 68 attempts, another playoff record for a completion percentage of 69.12. 501 yards, four touchdowns, four miserable interceptions, wasn't sacked, and 85.5 is his QBR. He doesn't rush at all and doesn't fumble the ball. Um, the logical answer that I'm not agreeing with is the bust is Ben, but he's not. Sitting here right now looking at these three, I still can't decide. My bust is Philip Rivers. And honestly, <laughs> I... I find it hard to to pick. Um, I honestly don't think Ben had the worst game. I think it's much closer between Phillip Rivers and Drew Brees um, for who's the bust and who's the bearable. I think Ben is probably the best regardless of having four interceptions. And those interceptions, I mean, really fuck over your playoff chances. And again, if you eliminate the first quarter, I'm pretty sure he had three or at least two out of the three in the first quarter. If you eliminate Mm -hmm. that first quarter, he's got 400 yards plus four touchdowns, one to two interceptions. And that is your player of the week. No questions asked. Perfect performance. For back-to-back weeks, my boy, we disagree. Um, (laughs) I have Ben as my bearable. Okay. Um, because I can, as we've already established, those giveaways cost his team the game. Yep. But I cannot look at a stat line like that and think that was the worst. Uh, 501 yards, four touchdowns, 47 completion. That uh, That's insane. Yeah. Um, the, Flip the point, man. My best is Rivers. And my really? bust is Drew Brees. Um, yes. And I get the argument. And to, realistically, I could say Phillips is my bust and uh, Drew Brees is my best simply because Brees won and Phillip Rivers didn't. Yeah. The thing is, I look at who they're playing. Rivers, yeah. helped, help, Rivers helped keep that a much closer game um, versus Drew Brees, who didn't need to. And, and this... Like I said, a case can be made for any one of these three guys being in any one of these three spots. Um, statistically, I want to put Ben as my worst. Have Breeze as my bearable. 
Mm -hmm. um, but I, like I said, with that stat line, I can't do it. So no matter what, Ben was always going to be number two, no matter how I decided with who my number one was, if that helps make any sense. No, I understand it. So um, deciding who my number one was between Rivers and Breeze, the default had to be number three. Yeah. Um, so I think I, I understand where you're coming from. And I still find it difficult to put Philip Rivers as our best because yes, you're playing the Bills versus playing the Bears. When you're looking at the overall scheme of each of those games, one was a much tighter game when it comes to actually making it down the field. The other was a more defensive struggle. And 265 yards is nothing special when it comes to a quarterback. Like that, that's that's marginal and that's expected. But I I have to say I'm disappointed in a less than 65 completion, 65% completed passes from Phillip Rivers. Because I think if he is able to complete even two more passes, they win. The, sure. He it's the, <laughs> the loss is not Rivers fault. <laughs> not even close. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is a slightly better statistical performance, his team wins. And and that's a that's a fair assessment. I think like I said, the, the way I look at it, um Breeze was mediocre. You know, and mediocre is not a bad term for those who don't understand. But it's the playoffs. Yeah. And Rivers was to me slightly better than mediocre. Okay. And and that's really all it comes down to. Yeah, looking at the teams <laughs> they had to play, Breeze didn't need to be any better than mediocre because the rest of the Bears team did not care. Yeah. Rivers, I, if he's a little bit better than slightly better than mediocre, it's a different game for sure. Um I, I don't think that this week really has a clear winner and i don't think we really have to dive into who no. wins it i i think we've kind of we, we've determined that this is a literal toss of a coin when you put one up against the other and which one we think is better than the other quite frankly yeah but now somebody who could be a big winner going into 2021 22 season deshaun watson Ooh, um, baby. rumors have been coming out um that he is very unhappy <laughs> I'm not sure how much how much of it is rumor anymore, um, but from what I've what I've heard and what I've read, the, uh, the the Texans recently hiring the new GM, Deshaun was told that throughout this process he'd be included. They'd take his input, they'd take his feedback in regards to the head coach and the GM. Yep. Um, and then they just go out and hire a GM. Yep. Deshaun has also been pushing hard. Um, for his name is escaping me, but the Chiefs offensive coordinator. Eric. Goodness Super gracious. Deep. What's his yeah, I can't think of it right now. That's insane. We talked about him like three weeks ago on the show. Um <laughs> rumor is Deshaun's been pushing hard for him to be interviewed. Not necessarily get the job, but just meet with him. Yeah. And apparently the Texans won't even set up need a meeting. Um so rumor has it that Deshaun wants out of Texas. Or not necessarily out of Texas, but out of Houston. <laughs> um first and foremost can you blame him no you take away his best receiver going into the year um and you expect him just to make do with what he has 
which to be fair, that's not a slight at Will Fuller. It's not a slight at Brandon Cooks. Um, but we knew what the Texans were this season. So say Deshaun demands a trade. Yep. I've seen rumors out there saying that there might be a big package sending Tua to Houston and Deshaun to Miami, which I think is idiotic. I've what heard does... rumors. I've heard rumors of them trying to send Deshaun to Detroit, which is just <laughs> um, as idiotic. So I'll, I, it's Eric Bieniemy. Bieniemy, um, there it is. All right. But so so there are a lot of locations that could be feasible, not necessarily smart. Um, list is basically New England, Miami, San Fran, Washington, uh, the Jets. Colts and Broncos. Um, I would say there are three teams on that that should be hard pressed to get them. Um, first and foremost, I think New England. And I I, I want to say New England because <laughs> they should not be keeping Cam Newton. He it, he is not their man. And they they want a known entity who is actually going to produce. Oh, I think looking at what he does in Houston shows he can produce in New England. Um, I would love to see him go to Washington, though. I would love to see it. Nice. nice. Holt, um, I also think, are another interesting idea because having him with Jonathan I think you have Taylor, the nail on the head. I think you hit the nail on the head with uh, New England. Yeah. I think that'd be the best spot for him right now. Um, that being said, do you see New England making? Do you do you see New England making a deal for him? Um, I I can see Belichick trying to make something happen because he knows he can't go anywhere without a good quarterback. He's got. He stuff. knows that that team is nothing without a good quarterback. You bring Jimmy G back. Um. At the end of the day, do you see him actually going anywhere? Yeah, I see him leaving. I think he does not this season, but maybe next. I think we have another year of Deshaun and Houston. I, I can I can appreciate that. I can also see him getting out with um with whichever team he goes to losing a whole lot of equity when it comes to drafts and potentially players just to bring him in like absolutely that to a trade sounds stupid but if you're going to do it it's going to be Tua. it's going to be a second and third round draft pick and it's going to be probably another player just to get Deshaun watson yeah apparently the uh the rumor is uh, yeah, we want two first two seconds and two thirds that's what the deshaun asking price is wow yeah it doesn't, it, it doesn't surprise me he no he is probably one of the top three quarterbacks in the league yeah it's it's not like you're getting him at a discount like the Titans got Tannehill, yeah. you know. It's not like Deshaun's not working out; he's just in the wrong scheme. Deshaun's he, great; he, he's in his prime. Um, now, speaking of guys who might not be in their prime much longer, or you could argue they're not in their prime now. Um, the league's getting younger, and they're some getting older. Quarterback, some of those quarterbacks are getting older, Ricky. Um, we have four quarterbacks here. And obviously, there are, there are more out there. Um, 
but four, four listed to briefly talk about. On whether this is their last game or not. Well, have we seen them play their last game? Have we seen them not play their last game? So what, what we're looking at here is, I, I mean, it's, it's four playoff quarterbacks. We're looking at Ben Roethlisberger, Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees, and Tom Brady. Um, I, I think the answer is probably three of them, yes, one of them, no. And you could, you could probably argue any which order um, for who's going <laughs> to stay another year and who's going to leave. Right. Um, I, my, my gut tells me that Tom's not going to retire, though. I think if Tom wins it this year, he's done. That is the only way Tom retires this year, is if he wins it. Okay. Um, I think Drew Brees, regardless of winning it, is going to retire. I, I agree. He's, um, he's had a good career, but I, I think he's ready. Um, earlier in the year, I, I, I think we both thought, or at least I know I did, um, if the Saints won it this year, Breeze was done. He might come back for one more time. Um, but I, as the season's gone on, I, I've started to realize and feel that I think this is it for Breeze. Um, now, on, another guy that I think it, it is it for that hasn't really been talked about much is Big Ben. Yeah, I... I, I do think that yesterday, well, whatever day it was, two Saturday, days ago, Sunday, today, Sunday. today's Tuesday, not, yeah. not Monday. Um, I, I do think his Sunday performance is likely his, his last mm. one, which is unfortunate because it, it's such a weird performance. Um, yeah. I, I expected him to re- retire a couple of years ago. Um, he's had a good career. He's, he's had success. Um, I, I think it's time for at least the Steelers to move on to, to not necessarily greener pastures, but younger pastures, yeah. um, because he still clearly was able to do what they needed to up until yes, or this weekend, he got to them to the playoffs. They honestly, that team was probably the biggest group of frauds when it comes to a 10 and no record, but they got what they needed to, to get to the playoffs the other one I, I really I see it being his last game is Philip Rivers. And it's he, he's had a career. He's been in the league for I want to say it was 16 years, something like that. That a long ass time. And yeah. Yeah, Tom Brady's an anomaly who for whatever reason is able to play until he's gonna be freaking 50. But the, the the important thing is I don't see this being their last game involved in the NFL. I see I, two of them potentially joining coaching ranks. Okay. Um, and I could see honestly, any one of them going into broadcasting, Ben probably being, being the least likely. I think Philip Rivers would be an amazing head coach. So I put down a question um, yeah. after I sent this to you. Do you see Drew Brees or Philip Rivers going into the coaching ranks? I think Philip Rivers would be an amazing head coach. So I could I. see I could see Drew Brees doing some things similar to what uh, Tony Romo does now. I, I think I'd rather see Drew Brees actually on the sideline than in the, the announcing box. I would too. Um, but it wouldn't shock me, you know, at least for a little while. 
Um, but I think Philip Rivers could be one of the best head coaches this game has ever seen. Um, no arguments here. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think Philip Rivers and Ben were in the same draft class. I think I know Philip Rivers and Eli were together. I believe Larry Fitzgerald was with him too. I think Ben was with him in the same year. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, there there are a lot of players who are looking to retire yeah. this year. And... I uh, I wouldn't be shocked if we have one more year of Rivers. Um, but that, that being said, I also wouldn't be shocked if this was his last year. Um, Alex Smith. Yeah. You've proved everything you need to prove. Um, you came back, you brought yeah. this team to a playoff game. It sucks that you couldn't play in the playoff game. But... For as good as a quarterback as Alex Smith has been his whole career, it's a shame he doesn't have more credit for it too. Um, yeah. which I would like to do an Alex Smith retrospective maybe next week or the week after. Yeah. Um, but it's, I mean, you, you defied the odds. Hand him up. I think Alex Smith is another one of those guys who'd be great in like a front office kind of position. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I 100% agree. It's, uh, it's been real. It's, uh, got some exciting football coming up this week. Chiefs, Browns, yeah, Chiefs, Browns, Bills, Ravens, Packers, Rams, and Bucks and Saints. It's gonna be good. I don't want. I don't want to talk about what we're doing with them because I. I, I want to not prove that our brackets suck. <sighs> oh, I'm convinced mine is still right. My final four is staying the same no matter what. For the runner-up, I've been Aaron. That's been my catch you next week. Thanks, Aaron.